0: Welcome to Speakers and Split Rails, presented by Borderland Festival. This is the first of many conversations with our friends, partners, and musicians from all around the country, celebrating sustainability, music, art, and culture. Thank you for joining us and supporting us, and we hope you enjoy the series. Hi, this is Jennifer Brazil. I'm the co-founder and owner of Borderland Festival, which is a two-day Americana Roots and Music Festival that takes place in late September on a gorgeous, um, super beautiful 600 acre park just outside of Buffalo, New York, about 25 miles from the Canadian border and southern Ontario. And you can learn more about the festival at borderlandfestival.com. You could check it out and dig in a little deeper. I'm here today with Chris Bonato, the manager of communications from Reverb, Eric Hansen, the marketing director of Nalgene Products, and Zach Keller, the brand manager for Borderland Festival and also the brand manager for 42 North Brewing Company. So we're really excited to be here today with everyone and have this conversation so thank you so much guys for sitting around this table and it's actually super inspiring for me talking with these guys and really understanding more of what everybody is doing and what's happening out there in terms of sustainability efforts and specifically within the music industry because there's really cool stuff going on and you know there's a lot of bands and artists that are involved in this this movement and it's really great to just kind of break it down and understand a lot more of what's happening. I guarantee that most of you listening have either seen or owned or had an Nalgene bottle and may have not even realized that it was Nalgene. So they were the first company to make these um, reusable, non-breakable water bottles. And they're actually based in Rochester, New York, the headquarters, the world headquarters. Is everything is um, created and produced in Rochester and they have a really, really incredible story to tell and how they evolved into producing Nalgene bottles and to working with Reverb. So Stay tuned to hearing from Eric and more about this amazing company. So I'd love to talk about the story of um, how now how analogy kind of
1: evolved started yeah so yeah. so it's a cool story so in the 1970s and I think what's what's really cool about the story is nobody knows the exact date that it happened um, but at some point in the mid 1970s scientists and engineers started taking the science products out on camping trips on hunting trips and then coincidentally at the same time the president's son was a boy scout and so he started using it. and after a year of that the president finally realized my god we've got this scientific product that people are using perfectly for outdoor enthusiasts, and that's when the brand truly started, that he began to dedicate you know, people and resources towards actually marketing these products to consumers instead of just laboratories. So you know, the brand sort of evolved, you, know, we, you hate to say by accident, but the brand really, yeah, and one of the things that we like to say is we're born from science, like literally the Nalgene product was, was born from science.
0: That's really cool. And it's cool because it wasn't like you initially went out and like, we're going to push this product on consumers. It was actually a need. You saw it like, you saw a consumer need for...
1: There was no doubt. And I think one of the things that we hear from people that worked on the brand way back in the day is that was about the the same time, like the 70s and the early 80s, that um, that, that I think the country as a whole started to look more at conservationism. And so that was, as that trend was starting to happen, people were realizing, hey, not only is this a quality product but it's actually it's it's reusable so yeah. when people ask us oh you know why do you guys don't, why do you work with Reverb we're like we've been doing this for decades like we've been all about like you know creating less waste and using this product for decades it's just part of High
0: it's quality. almost
1: part of like the ethos yeah. of the analogy brand like that's what the yeah. brand is the Born From Science thing is is pretty cool for us because it's it's you know our competitors can't can't talk about some of the stuff that we can talk about. And yeah. Like I said, it's being part of a big science company like Thermo Fisher is fantastic because we have, as you guys saw, we've got a world-class manufacturing out here. Not only is our manufacturing world-class, our supply chain, so all of the important stuff that goes into delivering a really quality bottle is because of this company and how, how excellent this company is at doing stuff like that. And the cool thing now, too, is... Um, this Triton resin—it's it's classified as a number seven. Most municipalities, not all, you can actually now throw this into your recycle bin. So if it broke, or you know, you've had it for 20 years, and you're like, "I want a new bottle," you can throw this right into your recycle bin. Yeah. And so then, even when you know, so not only are you saving—like you can do the math, right? Let's yeah. say you drink 64 ounces per day. That would be essentially four single serves. So if you were using your Nalgene bottle instead, I mean, think of the number of bottles you save just as one person yeah. in the course of a year. Right? And then you multiply that by like five, six, seven, eight years, and you've saved all that. And then when you're done with it, throw in the recycle bin. So it's almost right. not closed loop, but kind of closed loop, right? Like yeah. that's sometimes our, our metal competitors will be like, well, you're still plastic. And I'm like, well, we are plastic, yeah. but we're recyclable. So when you're done using us after you've prevented all this other waste over the years, you can actually take that and throw in the recycle bin. But so it's a cool story. That's
0: a really cool story. It's an interesting point where you're just saying about how you are still plastic. And one of the reasons that... Um, we're interested in, in working with Nalgene too, even though we're kind of a, a plastic-free festival site altogether, is the fact that you are 100% made in the USA. Do you want to talk about that and the type of the resin? And-
1: yeah, yeah, so that's, we're obviously, like I was saying before, we're proud of that, the fact that we're made in the USA. There's virtually nobody in our category, our space that's, that's made in the USA. All of the metal players are made overseas. Um, there is one small brand, um, they're called Polar Bottle. They're actually based in, in Colorado. They do the, like, squeezable bike bottles. They're made in the usa but aside from that we're literally the only company that, that, that can say that and as it ties into your question about the resin what's really neat is when everybody made the shift from polycarbonate to triton polycarbonate was the plastic that we talked about before that had um, the bpa in it so we, everybody not just us everybody in our category made the switch over to triton at that time um so what's really interesting is that triton is only manufactured in one place in the entire world it's manufactured in tennessee from Eastman Chemical. so for us We take trains full of this resin, it comes on a train, ships up here, goes right into the silo, whereas our competitors have to buy that resin in Tennessee, ship it to China or somewhere in Southeast um, Asia, manufacture it and ship it all the way back. So we've done some sort of back of the envelope studies and I can share some of that data with you that our our carbon footprint relative to the bottles that are being sold and manufactured and marketed in the US, our carbon footprint is 90% better than our competitors. Just strictly because all of our ingredients and all of the components of the bottles and the final good is all made right here and like you guys found out too not only that but our printing is done two and a half hours down the road so it's basically a, you know, a new york slash u.s operation so again that's something that we're we're super proud of that it's really a a cool thing to, to say not only for the usa but specifically for this region you guys know you're from buffalo it's a pretty cool story to tell in, in upstate new york because people think upstate new york roster buffalo pittsburgh oh it's a rust Belt, blah 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 but some really cool things that are happening in, in upstate new york well, you know, we, we get that question a lot, too, about, like,
2: why why do you use plastic if you're trying to reduce plastic? And the reality is that there is a huge footprint for stainless steel and other metal bottles. You're, you're mining the ore to make <clears throat> that. You're shipping it. Like you said, it's all manufactured predominantly in China yeah. um, and then shipped back on tankers. So, you know, nothing's – is there any perfect yeah. thing? I, I mean, no, but when we look at overall carbon footprint, Nalgene mm-hmm. is a really –
1: awesome option. I That's mean, pretty it's pretty
2: close. It's, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're getting, you know, manufactured
1: locally, like you said, printed locally. Yeah. Um, we're born from science. Yeah. But we're manufactured in facilities that are like FDA compliant. Again, our, exactly. our competitors can't say that. Exactly.
2: And so, like, so, you know, is it perfect? No, nothing's perfect. Yeah. But, you know, I think the other reality is that they're indestructible. You know, I've had nauseas that have lasted 20 plus years. Yeah. And yeah. so, like that every time you use it it reduces the carbon footprint over the overall footprint and what that
1: means so yeah. you know it's just Yeah like our sales guy he's got a bottle from like he he tells this really good story way better than I can tell but he was like 7-year-old, seven, 7 years old or whatever, his parents were hippies and they were like, "No, you got to save up for your bottle." So he literally saved up money went into some like surplus store, which we don't have anymore back in the day. And he bought a freaking Nalgene bottle and it was one of the original ones, the yeah. HDPE, so it's kind of that that milky it's, color. Yeah. He still has it. Yeah. So he, he's had that bottle for 30 35 years. They and mean, like, so think about it, to your point. Think about all of the 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 waste that he's prevented by just using that one bottle exactly. that's been in his life since yeah. he was a 7 or 8-year-old. So there's this um, Plastic Free July—that's been sort of bubbling up mm-hmm. yep. the last five or six years—and you know they want us to get involved with that—and we're a little bit leery, right? Because to your point, like sort of the way we look at it, it's, maybe it's a bad—the way we describe it—but we're like, not all plastic is created equal. Like, we're plastic too, no doubt. But our plastic—you don't use it one time and throw it in the bin if you're good. Like, right in the U.S. What's the? I think the number's like maybe twenty percent is recycled. Eighty it's, goes to landfill. In Europe, like it's like twenty-three. Flipped. I think yeah. twenty-three percent. Yeah, it's a bad number. It's nothing. That, yeah, yeah it's, it, it should be much goes higher. To landfill or incinerated. So yeah. But our stuff instead, like I said, you could use it for a decade or longer, like our sales guys. So. Right. And yeah.
0: on that note, you were saying how that if there is a damage or the product does break, it's, um, you have a hundred percent guarantee.
1: Yep. We've got a lifetime guarantee. So um, as, long as, a, as long as a consumer can prove that it's an algae bottle, because one of the tricky things that we run into from a branding perspective, which is a blessing and a curse, right? It's sort of, it's a, it's a double edged sword in that we're almost like Kleenex. Like we will get a lot of people that email and call us and say, I broke my Nalgene bottle and it took us a little while. Initially, we would just send it and then we're like, wait a minute. Like So then we started asking, just show us a picture of a receipt And I don't know, 25, 35% of the time, it's a Contigo or it's a knockoff from China or it's a Camelback. And we're like, that's not an Nalgene bottle. But because we're the OG... Everybody just, like, even if they have a container and they're not really brand loyal, they just call it an algae. As long as you can demonstrate that it's an bottle, we'll replace it in the questions asked. Yeah.
0: Very cool. Yeah. That's along um, the similar model of, of the Patagonia involvement as well. Like, the yeah. Patagonia line
1: mm-hmm. of... And it's kind of like L.L. Bean, too, right? Like, yeah. they just recently changed their, their program. But remember, you could go into Bean with, like, a jacket that was, like, 25 years old and be, like oh, the seam right here doesn't work. And they'd be like, no problem, we'll take it. And they would either fix it or they would replace it. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I I feel like that level of customer service is sort of leaving us. And so that's one of the things that that we think, because we're not a big brand like Coca-Cola or Camelback that has all these marketing dollars. And one of the places that we win is just right there, right? Because customer service, the bar's so low right now that we feel like if you just do good customer service, like, you're gonna get a customer for life. Like, when people, when we respond back to something, like, ah, oh, no problem, we got you, we'll send a bottle, bottles in the mail. Yeah. Seven days later, it shows up, they're like, oh my god, like, A, the company responded, and B, they did what they said they did. Next thing you know, people are on social, on Instagram or Facebook, like, oh my god, Nalgene's the best company ever, and all we did was replace a defective product. So, right. that's, well, that's a pretty powerful tool for us. Yeah, and it feels good, you know, as a partner in this, you
2: know, it feels good for us exactly. knowing it's a good product because, I mean, we, what are we doing? Like 75,000 bottles a year now yeah. through the Rock and Refill program. Yeah. And we're giving it to artists and we're giving it to festivals. You know, we <laughs> we don't want to get the reputation of putting bad product out there either. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, we're putting out... It's too much to take for you guys. It's, it's yeah. a lot of... It's all of for, yeah, for all of us. Yeah, for all of us. So it's it's really awesome that, you know, we feel confident in in not only the durability, but also that it's made well and that it's yeah. safe and that, you know, it's it's a good,
1: solid product. Yeah, and I think that's, that's one of the other things that I didn't touch on before about Made New. Say I think there's this, and sometimes it's right, and sometimes it's a little bit unfair. But you know, product that comes in from Asia has this, has the this stigma around it that. Oh, it's not safe. And you know, there's examples where dog food comes in, or even you know, food for humans comes in from China. It's tainted. So I think there's, you know, maybe not consumers, but retailers, when they hear Nalgene's made in USA, it's made in an FDA compliant facility, it gives them an extra level of like comfort. Like, okay, this is to your point. Like, this is a safe product. I know it's it's going to be good. It's going to be quality. And, oh, by the way, it's safe too.
0: As we go along in the podcast, we're going to hear more from Chris from Reverb, but I wanted to provide a quick backstory. So, Reverb was started by Adam Gardner from the band Guster and his wife, Lauren Sullivan. And after collaborating with some friends in the music industry, the idea for Reverb evolved. And Reverb is actually a nonprofit, profit a 501c3, and are dedicated to greening tours, greening festivals, decreasing carbon footprints, increasing carbon offsets and environmental education, as well as they support many other nonprofit and environmental organizations. And some of the first artists to work with Reverb were Dave Matthews Band, Jack Johnson, John Mayer, Bare Naked Ladies, and so many more. And all of these artists are still working with Reverb to this day, 15 years later, which says so much about the power and the dedication of this amazing organization. Now, okay, so, talk, I would love to hear just a little bit about how the relationship with Reverb started with Nalji and, and I know you just said it was 10 years ago?
2: Uh, like, 20, I think we decided it was probably 2013 Well, so I think it started in 2013, unofficially, because we it was through Brita, I think, yeah. originally. Yeah. Um, and that predates me, so I'm speaking yeah. a little bit out of turn here, but... Um, then I think um, we came up, like, to, together through brainstorming, came up with the rock and refill idea. Yeah. And that was probably 2014. Uh, I, I should check. I should Close. check this. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, it's been around for a long time. And I, I, I wish I had the stats in front yeah. of me because it's, it's staggering what we've done. Uh, you know, right, and it's It's remarkable.
1: Not only not only is it like millions of single serve plastic that we've kept out of landfills. Like what I think is really cool, it's almost three million bottles. What I think is cool is that the dollar value that that you guys generate from these festivals that they go, you know, you buy this for ten bucks, you get free water, but all of all of the revenue that you guys generate from that goes back to a local. Uh, non nonprofits. So I think,
2: think 100% of the what we raise through donation goes to nonprofits. Yeah. it does support us but it also everywhere we go we're supporting local yeah. nonprofits all over the world I mean it's it's at to that point where we are supporting nonprofits around you know we, we toured with um a, a few different tours um internationally now and yeah. you know it's just it it spreads the the um in the economic impact of live music, which is another, you know, live music that you go to a venue, the money stays right in the venue normally. Now with this program, we're able to take some of the money that's generated and and distribute it to the local community and, and help people out. So yeah, it's yeah. awesome. It's
1: powerful, man. Like I it's said, a, yeah. even if you just, if you had just one component where you were getting rid of the waste, right, that's amazing. Right. Oh, by the way, on top of that, you're generating all this money exactly. for nonprofits. So it's almost a, it's almost like a win, win, win. Yeah. 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 And like I said before too, like this is something that's been part of the you know the Nalgene ethos and the and brands. And we started partnership talks with Reverb, like yeah, of course, why wouldn't we do this? Like it's like it's it's who we are, it's what we do. And we had a recent example of that that doesn't necessarily tie to Reverb, but it gives you sort of the same feel. Um, so Outdoor Retailer, which is the big trade show for yeah. the outdoor right. enthusiasts, we partnered with them um, just last month, and we basically I give them a lot of credit. They were able to walk away from all of the bottled water. So it was the first trade show that we know of. Where there was virtually no. Bottle of water available at the convention center. This is Denver, so this is a big convention. Yeah. So we donated twenty thousand bottles um, to the convention. So anybody that attended or was an exhibitor or was in media, we gave them an algae bottle. And wow. then there was all throughout the convention center, there was different hydration stations where you could go and fill up your algae bottle. And that's pretty powerful. And I give a lot of credit to Alto Retailer from you know for having the cojones to, to go through with that right. to walk away from the revenue because that's one of the things that we, we talked about this yeah. a gazillion times. Like people are demanding it. Like, it's no longer about, like,
2: a couple crunchy granola people just saying, like, don't use single-use plastic. It's it's really
1: becoming status quo. Like, you, you, people... Like the younger... Like my kids? Yeah. They're all over. They're like, if they see somebody throwing away a pot, like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, yeah. recycle bin. Whereas yeah. when I grew up, and I grew up in Colorado, even back then, right. we didn't have that. But now the kids are like, what are you doing? Like, you have to recycle
3: that.
2: Yeah. But it's great. And so, like, you're starting to move past some of that initial apprehension of, like, hey, we make a lot of money off this. Well... You're, that's. I think that's that's stopping. I think a lot of people are demanding, like, I, I don't want to buy bottled water anymore. Right. I want an option that's not bottled and shipped from thousands of miles away. Or right. PG's from Fiji. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: and sits on shelves and absorbs chemicals. We have no idea any where it's been or what Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a big thing about the mindset of the festival, of, of what we do at the festival, too, with the water stations. We don't yeah. sell any plastic water on site, and it also is a huge... Impact on our revenue stream, and we also spend a ton of money on our greening efforts, probably one of our most expensive. Operational costs is our greening efforts, but yeah. it's it's. I mean, that's how all businesses should be shifting. So,
1: and I to me, it feels like it's starting. Yeah,
0: that. yeah.
1: it feels like it's <laughs> starting to happen too. It like, is.
0: It is. Yeah. It's funny
1: You know, it's been building forever around the U.S. But like little examples yeah. like that, like your festival, yeah. Or, you know, our re- outdoor retailer and that that show that you're talking about, it's starting to like people are putting their money where their mouth is, and it's starting to happen. So it's, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. it's cool yeah. being a part of that, and we love like everything about Reverb, all the way down to the people. It's been. It's been an amazing partnership for us, for sure. Oh, shucks.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, Reverb, you were the first ones out there doing it. And I, I give a lot of props to Dave Matthews' band and actually oh, yeah. Jack Johnson. because Dave, Ma- yeah. Of course, Jack Johnson, but Dave Matthews was one of the originators. And when I worked yeah. with him, I remember like they were the first ones to bring out Greenpeace on tour. They yeah. were the first to bring a nonprofit on tour and really try to give them exposure. And then yeah. they started working with Reverb. And so they're... I I was always are still so, yeah. so inspired. We love him because yeah. I, mean, I think
1: when we first partnered with you guys, one of the very first I think we grained his show. Oh yeah, um, he was one of the very first tours that yep. was like the reverb analogy thing, and I'll never forget. This was maybe five years I don't know whatever four or five years ago we were at Canada, but they've got a great venue down there. We were, yeah, we were at um, Dave Matthews' show, which I love anyways. Yeah, and. Uh, Dave had like two or three analogies out there and like other band members, like so we're at the show yeah. like here like we're it's yeah. all manufactured and sure shit there's Nalgene bottles like <laughs> on the stage like how cool is that like that was an awesome moment we're like you know what like not only is this a cool brand but like we're part of something that's yeah. more than just being a it's cool a, brand it's or a big, product it's a like, global it's, impact. Yeah.
0: yeah we joked it? we, joked, we, we yeah. joked about
1: we joked about them because we know because yeah. <laughs> our product manager and I are big roadies um Anything bicycle we love, and so like yeah. we like we heard like he travels with a bike, and like right. the when they were there for that show, like somebody said they saw him like on the Erie Canal riding his bike. So we're like damn it we should have like we should have called tanner and been like hey hook us up like we'll take dave on some great rides yeah but if when he comes back next time we're like, gonna do that a
0: couple years ago we went to during like last year and his bike he got in a he fell he got in a bike accident remember he had to get I a heard, ride yeah. home from i think the, i heard that story fans found him
1: <laughs> on the side of the road yeah yeah
0: i think i heard that story yeah that's pretty cool but it, in terms of just like reverb and um kind of innovators, progressive, pioneers. I really look to James Matthews Band and Jack Johnson as far as the environmental movers Yeah. Um, because they're advocates through and through and they walk their walk 100% from what they get behind. And so I feel like um, Reverb has done an amazing job at attaching to that and kind of utilizing that voice that they have.
2: Yeah, well, it's been a good relationship. I, you know, I think um, we've been fortunate to work with some really great artists who are really dedicated to... Um, you know, protecting the environment and, and doing good stuff. Um, and I think, you know, conversely, we've been able to help them achieve a lot of their goals, both environmentally, but also supporting causes they care about. So, you know, it's been a nice relationship to be able to do both. And, um, you know, certainly Dave Matthews band, this is our 15th, uh, touring season with them. So 15 years. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, they were, I I think starting the second year Reverb was around, um, Dave Matthews said, heck yeah. And um, Jack Johnson, same thing. We've been working with him for, um, I think, close to fifteen years. Awesome, Um, it's a long time. Yeah, well, we're celebrating our fifteenth anniversary, so um, you know, it's it's cool to look back. We started with Bare Naked Ladies and Alanis Morissette. um, Both Canadian uh, bands. Yes, solid. Interesting, right? And um, but then we, you know, we we've worked with um, Dave Matthews and Jack Johnson um, for almost as long. So it's it's been, and then we just we have this whole network of artists that are just. increasing and actually now's been a big part of that. It's you know the the partnership has allowed us to do more, which is cool. So now, you know, um, we do raise some money through through this to to support our work as well as others. But it's allowed us to do things like Borderland Festival. It's allowed us to expand and do more good. And so it's just been what a huge impact it's had on on reverb. And I I think I like
1: to think, you know, the world (laughs) to some to some degree. Absolutely. And I love that like the acts that you guys you guys are big, small, me like, and the fact yeah. that you have pink involved like, I was actually I have a great story. So my wife is a total pink fangirl. Like, I think as every middle-aged woman <laughs> in America, like, wants to be pink, wants to live with pink. Like, my wife <laughs> has a really successful career, and she's yet. like, I want to quit. I just want to go be a roadie. I just want to be around pink. Anyways, we so because she's a fangirl, we went to a show and uh, I think it was in Columbus. And so we get there and we take our entire family and the kids went and the impact that we saw that the bottles, like, so we walked in, we were lucky enough to walk in, right, where they were handing out the Reaver bottles and people, like, it was incredible. There was, like, hundreds of people there buying it, and, like, just to see that yeah. in action. And, and you think of somebody like Pink. Yeah. I think of her footprint. Like, I mean, everybody knows who Pink is. I think even my dad knows who Pink is, right? Like, right. she's got just this huge brand awareness and if, if an act like her is doing that, right. then that trickles all the way down. Right. So I think that's been... Fun for me personally to watch all the bands that you guys have right. over the years sort of signed up that small, medium, large, and the impact is massive. And what's really cool is that you know each of those bands has their own sort of following, mm-hmm. so yeah. you're, you're reaching different people. Like right. when I was at the Pink Show, my sons and I, like I looked around and it was like 85% women. Like in fact that they had one, they turned all the all the men's bathroom into women's bathrooms, and so, <laughs> it, yeah. I mean, so yeah. that's a total different demo, right? Like right. how often do you go to a concert yeah. where it's like 85% women? Like yeah. so each of these bands has their own following. That they're teaching this too, and so yeah. your, the impact is like it's incredible. Well, then you know you
2: do a festival like Borderland, uh, or you know any other work we do, and it—that's it, where the name Reverb came from. It's that single action at a show reverberating out beyond that moment. So it. Um, you that's know, cool, like, I don't think what, I'd heard that. Yeah, 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 I didn't hear where that yeah. name yeah. came I didn't even from. Know that. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, so that's really where the name came from. It was this idea of a, that single interaction, that moment at a show. You know, because music, so it, it just, it really yeah. does have a connection to people and between people that nothing else does. So it breaks down barriers. You have that moment, and hopefully you take it home. So, you know, part of its education, but in, in a real, like physical sense, you know, that bottle represents the elimination of. You know, I, there's one estimate from I think Plastic Pollution Coalition. I think it's a little old, so I don't know exactly what the, the number is now. But they they had a number that the average American uses 167 single-use water bottles every year. So, in it's a lot. Yeah. So in theory, you know, you break and that it feels down. light. Well, that's less than one a day. So, but it, you know, it's average. But yeah, right. Um, but it's amazing to think that um, theoretically. I mean, you know, this is extrapolating way <laughs> yeah. out but if somebody stopped using single-use plastic bottles I mean the impact's enormous oh, and when in incredible. our partnership you know 75,000 bottles a year that we're dedicating yeah. to this program um wow. you know it's it's a huge impact I can't do that math but
1: yeah, <laughs> the, it's big the, uh, that we yeah, know
2: the,
3: the theoretical possibilities here are just it's huge yeah yeah what is it about you know music I guess that it you know kind of creates this that vehicle Right. Well, like you mentioned, you know, like Pink's fans, this new demographic that like, you know, these people that maybe someone that, you know, Dave Matthews is singing to isn't seeing that someone that,
1: you know, Willie Nelson or someone isn't singing yeah. to. Well, I think I think music too. I was telling this to my 15-year-old daughter. She's like, how come I can always remember? We were listening on the radio and an old song came out? She's like, that was two summers ago. So there's yeah. something about music that attaches yeah, to your memories. Memory. I mean, think about that. Like, if you go back to college, like, when well, you said Naked Ladies, oh my God, I listened <laughs> to that album 8,000 times in college. And so I think music has a way of like, really attaching to your memory with some stickiness yeah. that other stuff doesn't. So I think that's why the music is even more important. Because, like, So again, think of my pink examples. So my daughter was like, she likes pink too. So like, she's going to remember that like forever. And I think music has that stickiness that other yeah. stuff doesn't have.
2: Well, you think about it too. and I've thought about this and I can't come up with anything. I can't think of anything that brings that many people together for a single event where everybody's there for the same reason, you know. So
1: unless you're a Buffalo Bills fan.
2: <laughs> uh, well, no. But I was gonna say was you think about like sporting events? That's yeah. probably the only thing on a mass level right. that yeah. can bring all those people right. together. But you know, half the crowd's cheering for the one team and half the crowd's cheering. for Yeah, right. At a show or whatever yeah. concert, everybody's cheering for the band. Right. So they're all in it together. Right. They're it's all like-mindedness. Yeah, it. yeah. And there's this this the shared experience, the shared love. I mean. Who else? That's a great way to put it. Well, but Adam, who um, Adam Gardner, who's one of our co-founders, along with his wife Lauren Sullivan, Adam's in the band Guster, and he always says, you know, nothing else compares to the connection that artists have to their fans. Nothing, because mm-hmm. what else can you think of? Anything else where people will get a, a something tattooed on them? You know. Th- Art, people take artists' lyrics and get it tattooed on their body. That's there forever. Yeah, it's it's an amazing, yeah. um, it's just an amazing way to bring people together. And and, and it sounds hokey, but it's true.
1: Yeah, it's, it's powerful. true.
0: And it and it creates. And that's my biggest thing when I went from managing bands to then starting producing events, festivals with bands. It's like how, knowing how to combine that energy because yeah, f- like literally what me, what I try to portray, especially with our festival and my old ones, is like the vibe and the mem the. Like, when you look at a picture, you want to physically go back there with your memory and be like, I remember standing in that field, and the sunset was setting, and I was drinking the Sierra Nevada beer. Like, you know exactly what you were doing in that moment in time, yeah. and who was on the stage. And it is, it's really, it's a powerful energy yes. around that. Yes. Which then triggers, like, the ability for all these artists to be massive advocates for
3: right. different causes. Right. Yeah huge platform Mm -hmm. and the festival is even more so than you know these singular shows at this point with 60,000 people showing up and the activation that people like Reverb can stay there for a couple days and you know and also
2: it's not like at a concert like you know you have like this one maybe two hour period before people are all rushing to the stage but at a festival it's you know there's time between sets and there's time you you go to a festival not only for the music but the experience so when that happens suddenly you have this like audience who again is there around the shared passion that's like hey I'm gonna go spend some time with local community groups or you know they they, they think about the, the filling up at the water station rather than buying water bottles so it's just it is it's cool to do festivals and you have a different sort of impact there and I think you have a um, in some ways a, a greater opportunity to create real impact like positive impact yeah. both for the community and, and you know totally 360
1: experience totally for festivals yeah one of the things I think is pretty cool about Reaver, you know, because I follow you, your guys' social media, I think it's it's pretty powerful, the, the volunteers. like, Yeah. Because I'm always amazed. Like, these volunteers just going to work for two days. And, like, you think, they're like, I'm out it. Like, they're like, this was the greatest experience ever. like, that's that's hard to get somebody to donate their time for free yep. and have them be that into the cause. So I think that speaks yeah. volumes to not only Reaver, but, like, program that you've got these volunteers that are uh, like jacked about volunteering their time like that's pretty powerful that doesn't happen very often uh, I mean, from, from what well, I see so that to me yeah, that's well, always amazing when you're like you've yes. got these volunteers who are like leaving like yeah I just helped out for two days and it was awesome you're like yeah, yeah, impressive. it's impressive yeah, it's our volunteers are incredible they're incredible
2: and um yeah we we just we think the world of our volunteers um because well, we got a bunch
1: of them actually in this you know, Yeah, yeah, like, yeah whatever, but there was a lot of like reaver people here and we had to meet them and it was like yeah. Just yeah. such good authentic people you could tell like they were doing they almost were born for that job. Yeah. Like it wasn't for the money. It's because yeah. they felt like what they were doing was the right thing and that's why they were there. Most people don't work at nonprofits for the money. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. At least in my experience. So, oh. But still, like I think like, my point is though, I think it's like there's only there's a better connection. From what I see at Reaver, the people that work there care more about their jobs than, than just like a standard nonprofit.
0: Thanks. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's, what it, that's what it feels like I, on this I, side. I agree. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so a couple of points, one of those points uh, that you're talking about too is like our green team leader, her team and all the volunteers literally take all the trash in the back to our bone zone, hand-sort it with their gloves.
3: Yeah, during the festival. During the festival. Like real-time recycling. Yeah, Yeah, real-time
0: recycling. They're they're in the back and they're going through everything because, you know, you put one bad thing in compost and the entire compost gets rejected. So it's so important to really sort through the trash. And they do it with the same. Yeah, like hardcore passion, dedication, volunteers do it. And all of our green team volunteers We had the most people sign up for volunteers requesting to be on the green team than any other part of the festival. I know, so there's some serious dedication and they feel so proud of, everyone feels so proud of themselves. And that was why I think we impacted the Buffalo region so hard last year Was because people felt so proud of themselves afterwards. They're like, oh, I didn't know I could just refill my bottle. And you know, so it's cool. And I, that's what I wanted to do. That's pretty powerful. It was really powerful. Like people really walked away like, um, wow we can really make a difference I didn't even think about that and they saw zero trash on the ground literally zero so they were less likely to throw their trash on the ground you know so yeah, they're like right. it was just this awareness good
3: actions we get good actions
0: exactly yeah, yeah. 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 In
3: the ge- like the general public I think like you were saying it's not some one you know tree hugger shouting this at the top of the mountain anymore yeah. it's yeah. it's it's smart for a business to invest in this kind of stuff and you know whether it's the big green team and the recycling program and Reverb and these bottles and you know Jen always says it's like our some of our biggest um, posts on social media are about um, in terms of engagement are about you know these programs yeah, and people are excited and one you know especially where we are Knox Park this beautiful piece of property in East Aurora you know having that real-time recycling during the festival and then, you know, Saturday night and Sunday night, all these fans leaving and noticing w- when the music stopped that this place doesn't look like a mess. And there's leaving. It doesn't look like a bomb on You know, nothing. and yeah. Leaving, yeah. leaving that piece of property, like the way they saw it at three o'clock when they, you know, showed up to the, the yeah. festival. It's it's, it's, cool. it's a rich experience, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, I think you guys, everybody hears about the millennials, right? Like you've read the studies, you've seen the articles, but like. It's real. Millennials yeah. want to like a brand for more than just them being a brand. Like they want to be, and whether it's you know reverb or whatever, they want to know that a brand is doing it's doing the right thing, right? It's got a corporate responsibility. It's, that it's a brand that they can really get behind, and that wasn't the case when we grew up. Like right. I don't ever remember having any affinity towards a brand and being like, oh, let me think through this. Like right. I want to make sure this brand is cool too. Like we didn't do that, but the millennials, that's a part of their decision making process. Like they support brands that they feel good about supporting for a cause that's larger than just whatever the product or service it is that they're investing in. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty powerful. It's like, it's like, you know,
3: you know, parity products. It's, you know, you got three different types of Windex. How do you choose between yeah. it? Nowadays, I mean, how many different types of, you know, water bottles do you have yeah. out there? And it's like, so those people are doing their research and, you know, what company is really thinking about the plastic they use, you know, their footprint yeah. going to Tennessee instead of shipping across China, coming back yeah. and... And you know it's those it's those layers now, and especially stories, with yeah. with the with the internet and social media, yeah, you can the transparency is so big on. now. Yeah. And so
1: you know, well, it's just good. taking the information flow, like information that's available now versus even ten or fifteen years ago, like you yeah. can get so much information. So as a consumer, you can be a lot more educated right when you make a purchase like you're gonna go look at that stuff yeah. like, you'll check out their social media you'll check out what's this company all about like yeah. like you said it's transparent it's there well you know it's it's interesting like I, I've i
2: felt for a long time and we've talked about it at, um, at the office like and I'm gonna swear here so if you need to bleep it bleep it but um, <laughs> it's not a bad swear don't worry but um, people's bullshit detectors are stronger than they've ever been and so when it's insincere yeah. if it's if it is, in fact, bullshit, people smell it out pretty quick. The consumers so, know. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: They're, and they're so, like kids. Oh, You're going to learn. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> kids can smell bullshit from 10 miles away. I mean, you, don't you don't think good. so, but they do. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It's true.
0: Well, I think one of the things, too, is about, which leads me in a couple more questions, is um, also telling, actually telling the story, because a lot of people don't know the layers that you just told us right now. Mm-hmm. And, and, and getting it, maybe it's on your website, but a lot of people aren't going to go and read the bio, you know? So it's mm-hmm. like having different, cooler... Um, outlets like Reverb or the festival or different avenues where people can actually speak in a different language to get yeah. your story out is really helpful because a lot of people probably don't really know the high quality that's happening yeah. here. Well,
1: like I said, most people don't know the word manufacturing... Yeah. right here in Western New York. Exactly. Most people just don't know that. So
0: that was my next question. Right. Good yeah. transition. I wanted to just kind of talk, I just wanted to kind of um, make sure that we talk, touch upon um, just on a borderland basis for our festival being based in outside of Buffalo, New York. We're on 600-acre property. Um, it's this beautiful park, and so what is really important to us is we use all local... We all craft beer local beer, all local food vendors, um everything's regionally focused, New York State focused, um, really dedicated to that. So, so I know. So it's awesome. really um and, yeah, Ontario. and Southern Ontario because we are the borderlands. Oh land. whoa. Yeah. We're right on under- the <laughs> 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 Yes. Well that was a big thing last year when we when we created the festival, naming it Borderland is like we literally live on the border. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. So it's like this is the perfect way to bridge this gap of, not even a gap, just bridge our relationship and our synergy with Canada. So Southern Ontario and Canada is a big part of what we do, or we try to make it a part of what we do. But that the fact that when we started um, digging more into Reverb and your regional influence with Nalgene, um, I just think the whole kind of circle of life story with how that impacts our festival and our brand is really cool, so maybe we could just talk again about how your, everything's western New York based as far as, so our festival is based outside of Buffalo, your plant manufacturing plant is a little over an hour away from the festival site so maybe Yeah, I'll bet, just, you, I'll
1: bet you we're not even 70 miles like, so this plant where all the analogy models are made yeah. I'll bet you isn't 70 miles from, from the farm and I think, yeah, like we probably. talked about in there the other cool part too is The other huge partner for Nalgene is our printer, and they're based in Binghamton, New York. So basically, we only have two printers in the world that handle Nalgene bottles. One is in Binghamton that handles, let's call it, 80 to 90% of our bottles. The other is a printer in Rhode Island that handles all the college business. But for the most part, just about, like I said, maybe 9 out of 10 Nalgene bottles have to go through Binghamton where they're printed. So it's a really amazing, like, not only is it just a New York story, it's kind of a sort of, tight knit like the circle Western like you got Buffalo Rostro yeah, right. and Binghamton like yeah. that's a really cool story that's hard to tell for any brand so there's there's no doubt that that, that part is exciting we heard that too in Tampa when Borderlands were like wait a minute Oh, it's it's in Buffalo? Like, yeah. Buffalo that's almost like too good to be true yeah mm-hmm. like in one state like, yeah. that's like that's
2: next level stuff yeah. <laughs> we're, we're
0: our own little pocket up here yeah. People, like, yeah, we're like the stepchild of New York
2: I love Buffalo nice yep. I went to uh, I'm always a big fan of the Wings of course so, yeah. <laughs>
0: so I love the whole western New York tie-in. It's
2: a neat and, it's and, a neat story. Yeah. Well, and I was I want to talk say, more about
0: it when Yeah, you...
2: the the what you guys are doing and keeping the money local is so big because, you know, I, I think a lot of festivals go down this route of like having big like I I'll call them Risco, to not cash <laughs> call them. But they go through like big vendors. Yeah. Um, yep. and um and nothing against the big vendors. I mean, they, they do, a lot of them are actually doing great work sustainability-wise, but the money just gets so concentrated. And so when you bring in local vendors and you're supporting local craft breweries and, and, and farmers and, and just on and on and on, you know, it, it makes a big impact. And I think you know, Reverb has at a longstanding program called um, Farm to Stage. And one of the things we do is on tours like Dave Matthews and Jack Johnson and, and a bunch of others. Um, we our team works to provide local um, farm resources for catering at every show. So we're buying from, you know, within 50 miles of the show, which cuts down on carbon footprint. But also what's really important in that is that supporting, I mean, it's supported uh, over 3,000 family farms. Um, And the money stays local, and it just, it has a real serious impact on communities. And I think... So I, I can't say enough good stuff about Borderland, and, 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 and we're seeing it at other um, festivals and venues, and there really is a movement towards that, but it's great to see a festival like Borderland doing that, because it makes a big impact. And the money's not all staying with one place, one venue, one entity. It's, it's spread around, and it's supporting a lot of people.
0: Yeah, thank you for awesome. saying that because you know, there's a lot of times we actually pass up a lot of money that we could put on the table from sponsorships or bigger companies coming and we have to say we say no and we turn money away. Yeah. That could really help us. And that's hard. It's so
2: hard. Especially
0: like in a first year festival, yeah. you're like, Oh yeah. shit, I need I, that. Yeah. But it's important we really kept the integrity of our brand and Good on you. Like we were awesome. talking with our Oxford pennant, just like yeah, like what kind of brand do you want to build and where do you want to grow with it? And people will come along if you build it. They will come. You okay. just have to stay true to your focus. And
2: I think it starts here. It starts with small actions. The Another thing we've said for years is um, it's not about one person doing everything. It's about everybody doing something. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that sort of ethos is coming around. People are like, okay, let's do something about it. let's go. And so whatever it is, if it's looking at transportation or bottled water or whatever your thing is, Mm -hmm. buying local food, you know, eating less meat, um, not buying, like one of the things is not buying fast fashion products and just throwing them away. Like there's any number of small reasonable steps you can take to really make a real impact. And I think it's changing. And so we're seeing it in music, especially, and you know, it's awesome.
0: Yeah, it's cool and, and people want like um at our festival for example we um, all our food vendors have to use compostable products. We have Shorter. we have green Yeah, we have green contracts they all sign. And they have to sign them before they come on site, and we have to review all their products. They can't. No one can sell any water bottles anywhere. Um, and all our vendors, our craft vendors, mm. no one can sell their stuff in plastic bags. So they're they have to figure out other alternatives. Like if their patron wants, if our fan wants to buy a shirt, they just carry the shirt, or they give them a brown bag or something. And so we're making efforts in every little, every single avenue of the. That's awesome. Of the festival, yeah. Not just the water bottles. Like, yeah. We really want to influence the whole overall mindset of you don't need. Nah,
1: that's not well like you said it's almost like the little simple stuff if you do ten simple things that adds up to a lot more than like one thing that's like sort of impactful like it's just doing a little simple things that adds up mm-hmm. it really does
0: well I feel like
1: you've um, covered the majority of my questions totally
0: because he think <laughs> no, thinks I'm crazy
1: because I'm constantly pushing the sustainability side of things but I just feel like it's you're not crazy I think
0: we should end <laughs> <on> the podcast by <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, Back sure,
1: sure. Oh, you can have one. go.
2: see really going
1: I can see